Hello and welcome to Your Life Choices, Australia's leading online resource for the over 60s. And today I'm very happy to welcome back a good friend of ours, Ian Henschke, the Chief Advocate for National Seniors Australia. Ian's been in that position since 2017 and in October 2019 he took up the additional role of spokesperson for the Alliance for a Fairer Retirement System. And with a lot of issues affecting our over 60s and with a new government and, dare I say, darkening financial clouds on the horizon, I thought this would be a fantastic time to speak to the guru himself, Ian, on the effects of uh, the current and perhaps future financial incarnations on our seniors. Ian Henschke, after that long-winded intro, g'day to you. G'day, yes. And look, I, I think Noel Whitaker, who I know you've had as a regular guest, is probably the guru, or Hank Young from, from Centrelink is the guru. All right, he's the guru, but you're the warrior. All right, okay. Well, that's right. Well, that's what I'm there to do. I try and uh, be the warrior for the people that have, have got the worries. Now, if you mentioned that there's some dark clouds on the horizon, I think they've already arrived. Look, let's just have a look at some of the big issues that have happened since we've last spoken. I mean, we've had a change of government, so that means that there's going to be change of policy. Some policies changed from July the 1st. Some things were announced during the election which the Labor Party matched that the uh, the government said they would do if they were re-elected. So there's a lot of things to talk about, John, but uh, I think we should just start with, for example, people's pensions. I mean, uh, what we've got at the moment is a lot of people are on the pension. So if you want to talk about that, we can start with that. Absolutely. We've got 2.55 million people in Australia on the pension. We've got 4.2 million people who are retired. So you're looking at about one in six Australians are retired, and two-thirds of those that retired are on a pension, either a full or a part pension. Now, it's very hard to live on a pension at the moment. If you are having that as your sole source of income, you're going to be doing it very tough. And if you look at the way that the prices of things have gone up, rents, petrol, food, all of that, it's a tough time for people. Mm. So what National Seniors has done, and we've been talking about this in the run-up to the election and post the election, is we're saying that the government needs to have a look at the amount of money that you can earn when you're on a pension and change that policy because we know from a survey we did only just recently that 20% of pensioners say that they are willing to work and they want to work and the main reason they want to work is because they need some extra money. Now at the moment, if you work more than one day a week at the most basic level of wage, you will start to lose money from your pension. Now we're saying that the government needs to look at this policy and change it. Now Jim Chalmers is the new treasurer and Mr Albanese is the new prime minister. You've got a whole range of new ministers in there. And the one thing that they need to do at the moment in Australia that is going to really help the economy is make sure we can fill those job vacancies. Now, I don't know whether you saw the figures. The figures have come out. 480,100 job vacancies across Australia. It's incredible. You might ask yourself, well, what role does a pensioner play in that or a person who's just about to turn pension age? Well, they could play a very important role because... When we did that survey, 20% of pensioners said that they would be willing to work. Yeah. If you go back and look at that figure that I told you before, 2.55 million people on a pension, 20% of that is more than 500,000 people. 
we've got 480,000 jobs going. So when you've got that willing workforce standing by, you've then got to say, well, look, if they worked, how would it work? So we've told the Treasurer, Mr Chalmers, we've said to him, look, I know you've got budgetary problems. Let's work together on this one. So the policy we're putting forward is that you would let the pensioner work but they would forego, now wait for this, this is where you've got to really think about this, they would forego the SAPTO. What's that? The SAPTO is the thing called the Senior and Pensioner Tax Offset. So you would opt into a system where you'd say, look, I'll give up my SAPTO and I'll give up my work bonus if I can just go into the workforce the same as anyone else and just pay income tax. Because what we do at the moment is we have this very complicated system. Let's just say you get a job and you're on the pension, and someone says, look, I want you to come and work for me, and I'll pay you $30 an hour. Yeah. At the moment, if you work five hours, you've earned $150. That's your work bonus gone. Once you go past that, you pay tax, and you also lose 50 cents in the dollar. Mm -hmm. So when people go out and get a job these days, they might go and help a friend of theirs, and they say, look, I'll come and help you. Or they might even get to retirement age, pension age, and then they say, look, I'll, I'll work one day a week down at the local, whatever. Then, then they find that it becomes too difficult because they're constantly dealing with Centrelink. So we've got a system that gives you a reward one day for working, no tax, no tax at all. And smacks you down the other. And then catch you down the next day. So we're saying simplify the system, allow those people that want to stay on the old system, if they're only working you know, three or four hours a week and they're getting mm. the bonus, let them do that. But if you want people to go back into the workforce and solve this workforce problem and also help the pensioner survive, because, you know, how are they going to fill the car up? Mm. I went down the other day to fill up my car and I've got a tiny little Fiat 500 and the bill was well over $100. It's never That's happened in my life it? before. So I can't imagine what it's like if someone's got a family-sized car or whatever. I mean, th th look, this is a crucial issue at the moment in Australia. We've got cost of living pressures bearing down on us. We've got job vacancies everywhere. And we've got willing people willing to work. You're in Adelaide at the moment, mm. and I mean, you travel all around the country and everywhere else as well. Now, you've got Mr. Butler. Yeah, he's the health and aged care minister, the new health and aged care minister. Now, he, he's a he's a very decent man and a very nice man, yes. um, and I'm not yes. trying to play politics here, but uh, certainly he would be one of the people who would be uh, right on your case saying, Ian, come in and have a cup of coffee with this bloke. Well, I, I, I would certainly hope so. We've written to him. We've been seeking meetings with Mr. Butler, and I know that he has got so much on his plate at the moment. Sure. But we've written through with this policy and the policy that we're saying. Now, one of the reasons he's got so much on his plate at the moment is because we've got a health crisis that's still going on. And you'll notice that one of the things he's been talking about has been the urgency to make sure that people are fully up to date with their vaccinations. Yeah. Because if you, we, we have to recognise that there's been a spike in deaths. There's been a spike in the number of people getting COVID. Uh, I mean, as I'm speaking to you today... Let alone the flu. Yeah, as I'm speaking to you today, we've already had in our office uh, at National Seniors, we've had people getting COVID there only just recently. It seems to have come just in the last month or so. Just before we talk more about the health, there are people who are screaming out for people to work. I go down the local thing, every shop seems to have a staff wanted sign. There's a whole pool of people, sort of over the 55s, who, are, who would love to work. 
yet the government seemed to still have this, well, um, new government, of course, but uh, the, the government have always seemed to put this roadblock there to say, well, yeah, that's great, but, you know, we're going to sling you. We're going to hurt you financially. Well, there's two roadblocks. One is called ageism, which we, we, we should devote a whole show on one day because I still think that it's the last ism we've got to deal with, you know, racism, sexism, ageism. We've got to actually deal with that. But mm. ageism is a problem. There are some employers who don't even consider older workers and there are HR people, human resources people, who when they're given anonymous testing, 60% of them say they think anyone over 40 is too old, and in the IT industry, they say anyone over 30 is too old. So there is a bit of ageism that's at play. But this issue that we're talking about has got back on the agenda because you might remember that Peter Dutton, now that he's become leader, has actually changed the policy that the old government had. Now, the old government said, oh, no, we've got a work bonus system in place. It's all good. You don't have to worry about it. He came in, he heard the, 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 the call for change, yeah. and he put forward a policy saying he wants to double the work bonus. I think that's a well-intentioned policy, but I don't think it'll actually work because doubling the work bonus means you can work $300 a week. So that means you can work 10 hours at $30 an hour or 12 hours at $25 an hour. You're still going to have that problem, but on the second day, you're going to exceed your bonus. And if someone says to you, I'd like you to work three days a week or four days a week because we're desperate at the moment, if you're running a cafe, if you're running a hotel, if you've got a home care business, if you've got a hospitality or tourism business, you don't want someone that's going to stop working after a day and a half or two days. So you've got to remember there are many, many people who are in their late 60s, early 70s, like yourself, John, and myself, who are more than capable of doing a full week's work. Especially in the aged care area where they're screaming out for people and uh, who's better to, to help the as long as you're physically yeah. you know fit and all the rest of it yeah. but uh, to look after the aged care than uh, seniors? Well look a lot of those jobs in aged care too are the sort of jobs that uh, require someone to do things like drive a car, yes. take someone to a medical appointment, a couple of people that I know that are uh, retired who have gone back into the workforce and once again they're only doing one day because they don't want to do any more than that because it'll blow their pension but they would be happy to do more so this is why you've got to do what they call nudge economics now you know there's a, there's a man who won the nobel prize for economics and he said you can nudge people into certain behaviors now you nudge them out with other sort of behaviors too i mean classic example is if you put the uh, the parking fees up to $5 an hour, people won't park. If you offer free parking, people will park and go to shopping centres. So what we're saying is if you let that pensioner work and simply pay income tax, you see... There's more money in the economy. There's more money in the economy. So we're going to go to that work summit, which you know we've, we've sent the policy off. If anyone is listening there today in any field of influence, and I know there are many, many listeners out there that have got a field of influence, then tell your local politician, your local federal MP, that this National Seniors Plan of letting the pensioners work and pay income tax should be brought in as a COVID measure. Because the problem, John, that we've got to recognise is that the backpackers have not come back, the students are not here in the same numbers, so a lot of those jobs are simply not there. The visa card holders who were told to go home because they weren't getting JobKeeper haven't come back in the same numbers. And we haven't even got immigration at the same level because people are not moving around as they did. So regardless of this, this is not the silver bullet, but 
even if we said we got 100,000 or 150,000 or 200,000 pensioners back into the workforce with this policy, you would actually do a lot to alleviate the problems that are there. And then you might have to top it up with the other things that you've got to do, more training. I'll give you another example. If if you look at the health industries, they they need it. This is not about waiting an extra 10 minutes for a cup of coffee at the local cafe. This is about some poor person in an aged care home not being able to get the care they need because the staff's not there. They said the other day, the Committee for the Economic Development of Australia did a survey last year and they said they need an extra 17,000 people a year in aged care to work in aged care. Now they say that figure's gone to 35,000. So if someone's in there reaching pension age who's working in aged care, let them continue to work. I mean, this is... this is yeah. Now, Ian, I know that uh, on, on your website, you, you said uh, a call yes. to action uh, if anybody, uh, if you have influence. If you don't have influence, you're a pensioner, you have influence. Yes. Or if you're a senior, you have influence. Yes. Go to nationalseniors.com.au, one word, nationalseniors.com.au. We're there... Can people push to get action and uh, to help uh, help the cause? Well, we've got a petition up there at the moment, which we ran right up until the election and we've kept the petition open. So people can go there and sign that petition. We've got over 13,000 signatures there at the moment. And also sign up for our eConnect newsletter because when you get information there, you get information about some of the things that have happened. I'll give you an example. From July the 1st, there have been changes around some of the things to do with superannuation and home care and various other things. So we can keep people up to date with that. Now, you were talking before about some of the cost of living pressures. For the self-funded retiree or the part-funded pensioner who's getting a stream of income from superannuation, the federal government said they were going to allow people to halve the drawdown rates so that they, they aren't drawing down from their superannuation account while the stock market has crashed, you know, because it's actually the lowest it's been in two years. So uh, when you're over 60, you, you've got to take out a certain amount. It, it's around 5% between 60 and 70. Well, you can, you can now lower that down to take out 2.5%. Yep. So that's been in there. The other thing, of course, is the deeming rates, the, 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 the rate at which you're income is deemed that you're taking that out that affects your pension. The deeming rate has been uh, set there and it's been uh, frozen at that level. So you've got that there as well. And the deeming rate at the moment is 2.25% for any amount above about 50 something thousand dollars. And then even though it was bad news for the people that own homes and many people are still paying off mortgages when they're retired as well, the interest rates went up by half a percent but the interest rates also went up on savings accounts. And so now for about the first time in years, uh, you can get roughly what you're being deemed to be earning uh, in a bank account. So that's some consolation for people that have got money in bank accounts. Their, their deeming rate, which is another one of our complicated systems with the social security system, they're be deemed to be earning what they're basically getting now or they can get in a savings account. We do encourage people to go to nationalseniors.com.au. The petition line is still open. Yep, yep. Let pensioners work is what it's called. And sign up for that uh, that uh, newsletter. Um, yeah, connect, connect our newsletter. Look, the other thing I want to say is if people want to join National Seniors, it's as little as $33 a year and you get four magazines a year. 
And the magazine also has all the information you need in it as well, a whole lot of other material, and you get discounts and various other things. But remember this. You know, we will get through these tough times because, you know, we've, we've, we've been hit now by a, a war in Europe. We've had a health crisis. We've got financial troubles, but we still live in a wonderful country and we still have a good medical system and we still have a, a good system. If you look around the world, I think we've got to stay positive. And I think that the great thing is that we, we can improve and come out of the other side of this. I mean, I know there are people out there that are doing really, really tough, and I know that it's very hard, and that's why we're saying, you know, even with this policy that we're talking about, it may help some people. As I said, 20% of pensioners who are capable of working want to continue working. They'd like to get back in the workforce and do something. If we do that, it'll be a game changer for the country. It'll be good for business, good for the economy, good for the pensioners. But look, we've got a lot of other things to talk about. I know we're just about run out of time, John, but is there anything else today you'd like to talk about? Ian, there are so many things I'd like to talk to you about, but we, we have run out of time, so I'll let you get back to your little... Uh, you got your boss T there with you? Is it? Uh, what's, it what's your puppy dog? Oh, I know. Look, I, I tell you what, my wife thought she had COVID and has moved out with the dog and she's staying away from the house. She's not she just using that as an excuse, so. is she, Ian? No, 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 <laughs> she's not. She's staying away from the house because... Look, the COVID thing, I must, I must finish on that note too. I went down the other week. I had my fourth jab because I'm over 65. It was completely free. I also got my flu shot, which is wonderful. And I have not had a sick day in three years now. And I urge people, please make sure you're up to date with your COVID jabs. Mr. Butler, Mr. Mark Butler, the new health minister, has been sending the message. But he wants our hospitals to be free of people who are sick. And don't get sick unless you have to. You know, I mean, you know, you can avoid it if you if you do keep up to date. Maybe there'd be a, a statue like Colonel Light to put up in Adelaide one day for you, Mr. Ian Henschke. Thank you so much indeed for your time. I do appreciate it. Once again, go to nationalseniors.com.au and there you'll find all the resources that you need. Thank you very much. And Your Life Choices is Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. It is and has always been free, folks. So if you know someone who you believe could benefit from Australia's largest online resource for seniors, then why not suggest they head to the Your Life Choices website and become a member. But right now, I'm your host, John Deeks, and thank you very much to Ian Henschke. And on behalf of all the Your Life Choices team, be well, be happy, and we'll see you next time.